Hey guys, welcome back to the Mind Refinery Podcast. As usual, I am your host, Kyle Bodanis. Before we get started, if you haven't checked out and subscribed to the Mind Refinery YouTube channel, do it. Also, if you haven't seen the trailer for part one of the next episode of our culinary series, Plated, you can watch it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash mindrefinery. We spent five months following legendary Toronto chef Suzanne Barr and her partner Johnny Carrots as they built their new restaurant, True True Diner. This week on the Minor Farming Podcast, we're talking about the Michael Jordan documentary, The Last Dance. I hope you all watched it. It was incredible. We held off on dropping this podcast because we wanted to get out the Adrian Forte interview uh, to coincide with his Ask Kickery on Top Chef Canada. Um, we had a lot of fun with this one. Hope you enjoy it. And now, without further ado, here's the show. So the next guy we have on our list, number two, is Reggie Miller, one of my personal yeah. favorites. Yeah. Reggie Miller in this doc. Had you guys heard the Black Jesus story uh, prior to this? I think he told. I think I heard it when he was on the Dan Patrick show. I think he told that story when I saw him on Dan Patrick. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he I may think... have even in the Winning Time Thirty for Thirty might have said it too because they were making fun of it because they interviewed his sister, who's obviously one of the greatest basketball yeah. players of all time, Cheryl Miller. Yeah. Um, and she was like, he's annoying. And then it just talks to him about him coming in the league. And the thing that they didn't put in the story was that it was, it was a, or maybe they didn't correct me if I'm wrong. It was a, it was the veterans on the team who were trying to, who were telling him he needs to talk shit to Jordan to be more like in the league and like, you know, this yeah. and knowing for a fact that he would say something and then Jordan would just be all over him for likely his entire career. <laughs> yeah. But the red, the best Reggie Miller thing is he doesn't back down to Jordan. No, yeah. no, he had the skills to back it up too. That's and he was and, he, and to be confident after, so like to stand up to somebody like Jordan in that scenario, and and never back down. But then to also just hit these daggers all the time at all these crucial moments. I just, I also just love how he talks. Reggie Miller's just always smiling when he says stuff, and I just it just connects. I I love to listen to any Reg, Reggie Miller interview. He's one of my favorites growing up. He, he's a, I, I love he's a great I, interview. I love the three ball. I love it when I love it when he's the commentator for basketball. If I'm watching a game, and it's going to be Reggie Miller. His stories are the best. He's always throwing in anecdotes. He's hilarious. He takes himself seriously, but it's also like there's a humor with it as well. Yeah. But he's got that killer yeah. instinct. Obviously, I've been a fan of him since uh, you know since I was little, but also the you know the 30 for 30 the winning time documentary about him and the knicks uh really kind of cemented it for me he's fucking hilarious and yeah. this whole thing with him and spike lee i love that spike lee got some action in this documentary i like that we saw that but i mean the fact that he was willing to go at michael jordan especially after he got embarrassed by him as a child uh his is a willingness to go at him is impressive and then they just kind of you know talk to each other after the game hey man how's it going all this kind of stuff and you know i i was really 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 happy they included him in it and it really kind of raised those thoughts in my head about like what is it what happens if that indiana team can just hold the lead because they pulled out in that uh they were starting to pull away a bit in that seventh game and then like that was it yeah then jordan yeah then then (laughs) fucking michael jordan and then obviously reggie miller's you know status as basketball and a basketball legend 
you know, up in the air because he didn't win again. And it's so many people who haven't won because Michael Jordan existed. So many. But yeah, no, I just, I just, I love Reggie Miller's uh, interviews. Like even when he wasn't in this documentary, I've seen a bunch of either radio interviews that he's done and he's just, he's just hilarious to listen to because especially now that everything's over, he's, he's definitely got a more, he's definitely got a sense of humor about everything. Especially yeah. when he talks about things like Spike Lee or the also, Black Jesus story with Michael Jordan is, is just so funny. Also, Kyle, you might be able to speak to this a little more. Reggie Miller's style kind of changed the game a bunch too, didn't it? He was ahead of his time. He was, I mean, he's a three ball shooter. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I mean, obviously he's one of the best shooters of all time. Uh, if Steph Curry never existed, uh, it'd be between him and Ray Allen. Um, and then obviously, you know, that now Steph and Clay are here. But he's incredible. Uh, I just think that, you know, he just wasn't the top tier of player. He just wasn't, like, the very top tier. He didn't have that, you know, total killer instinct. And, again, he this guy, when he had opportunities to get there, he ran into Michael Jordan and he ran into the Lakers with Kobe Bryant and Shaquille O'Neal. That's your two, those are your two big shots of, you know, trying to make it happen. Yeah. Um. One thing I did like though that he was included in the in those in those Space Jam practices. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you mentioned that. I did not want to not touch on that. That's the my favorite part. I want to watch an entire documentary on that, like a fly on the wall documentary on those scrimmages. It's. <laughs> well, the, was it him that said there was some of the best basketball that that any of them have ever played? Yeah. Yeah. Was that? Right. Miller? Yeah, I think it was. I think Reggie Miller said that. Yeah, because well, they got everybody there and. What's really, and I think this is kind of speaks to why the Isaiah Thomas not shaking the hands thing sp- pissed off Jordan specifically, is mm-hmm. because Jordan includes these guys as part of like a fraternity. Yeah, right. Even if they are at each other's throats, like at that point, it wasn't like you know they hadn't gone, they hadn't done the uh, conference finals against Indiana, and really, you know, the big moment of Jordan. You know, the first time Jordan plays Miller, you know, they there is some shit talking, but he still brings them into the, you know, brings them into it. And, you know, there's this group of individuals that he considers, you know, part of a circle that, you know, he respects. And I think that's, you know, and anytime you're getting recognized by a player of his caliber, that's pretty intense. Wasn't yeah. that cool, though, that he only brought in like he didn't he didn't bring in his friends or his teammates necessarily. He just brought in like the elite basketball players because he wanted to be yeah. good if he if he. He wanted he if he was practicing against schleps or people that weren't <laughs> up, up to his caliber, it wouldn't have like it wouldn't have worked for him. His whole thing was I need to get into I need to be into shape. I need to be ready to do this, and yeah. I need to be at the absolute highest competitive uh, level. So you don't do that by bringing in guys who aren't good. Straight up. Yeah, yeah. I just like how he had basically one summer to try and turn it all around after baseball. And then <laughs> the, the way that he does it is just to bring everybody out. Yeah, because they lost... Because the Warners the, lot, right? Yeah, because they lost the magic, as, and then they lost the magic as well. Yeah. Right? So mm-hmm. that's where you got the trainer that we should have mentioned, honorable mentions. The trainer who just cries. <laughs> who cries <laughs> because... Right. Who yeah. cries because Jordan is so, like... His work ethic is so high. He's just like... Ugh. And then he came to me after the game and he was like, I want to do squat thrusts until I can throw up. And then yeah. the guy's like, and this guy's like, oh, this guy, he was he, he, all I did. I was so inspired by his complete utterness of being a sociopath. 
uh, and all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, this guy's on his tip a little too hard. Yeah. You guys remember though how sick was that? Remember, I think it's after they got beat by the Pistons before they had won anything, and then they had to get all jacked, and then they show yeah. the interviews, and the whole team just got so so fired up, and then that Michael became like the image of him that you know now because he just looks all like still looks kind of skinny and like somebody you know some some man maybe superman could push him over and then afterwards it's just like oh my he's just the most ripped dude ever for the rest yeah. of his, his career so, so i want to move on to number three scotty pippen a polarizing figure in this documentary what did you I guys think of Scotty Pippen after this? You mean my new grandpa Scotty Pippen, who I want to like <laughs> sit and like just like hang out and have a beer with on the porch and listen to him tell me awesome stories? I just I loved how um I think you know time is a friend of that, but like um kind of feels like he looks back on everything fondly, even though there were things that weren't. And he has this just I, I, I honestly think, and maybe it wasn't at the time. But I think he really has a, has a wisdom about him. Like, it is not, it would not have been easy to be in, in Scotty's position. There's not that many humans that can, can be that good at something and then still take a backseat to somebody and not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's... And not have it be part of the mania that makes up their personality. Right, like, and, it's yeah. the, and it's the guitarist that needs to go be the lead singer, the drummer that needs to whatever. That is always what happens. And, 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 and if anybody ever in sports had a like had a reason and a, and a motivation to like demand a trade or to find a way to opt out or whatever and and uh it doesn't like yeah he didn't do that he just played second fiddle for for the whole time and then it really at what point what are you just you're just part of the apparatus you're not you're not second anything he was just let me let me ask just one one thing because i wasn't 100 percent sure about this i believe he came out with a statement after this saying he was a little disappointed with how he was portrayed. Yes, he did. Is that correct? And what exactly was the gist of that? Like, what was what was it that he wasn't happy with? I, did, I didn't read too much into it. Like, it from surface level, it didn't seem like he was too specific about it. It just, yeah. it, it's just overall, um, I wasn't even sure if he made it through, like, a statement or if it was through an interview. But, I mean, actually, he could have been on the jump. Uh he he wasn't happy because it talked about like what did you think it was going to talk about? The, yeah, like, well, you know that's what, what I mean. mean. Like I I was just wondering because I I believe I heard what you heard it was that it was he wasn't too specific about what it was. Maybe it was just the fact that it was finally all out, and you know the whole thing about him not going back on the court because the play wasn't going through him, or the part about how he was underpaid. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Did he maybe think that it wasn't? Well, it's because um, that I, he didn't yeah maybe Sorry. he okay here's what i think i think he didn't i think they didn't know what everybody said right so oh, he went in so yeah. maybe he didn't know all the things that were said i don't know prior to like i don't know if he saw a cut of this prior to it or what is this the first time i would like to think he probably saw a cut of it before because i know members of the the media were able to see it uh, ahead of time because I know mm -hmm. Bill Simmons was talking about it um, ahead of time. And it's probably the part where, you know, they say this is one of those moments that people remember. Yeah. With the whole deciding not to, deciding not to come on the floor because, you know, the play's not going to go through you. I mean, the coach had to say, fuck him. Yeah. The coach had to say to the best player on the team at that point, because Jordan wasn't on the team, fuck him. Yeah. Tough. Yeah. That's the, how you look. Um, 
think let's put ourselves to in Pippin's shoes. So no stranger to the limelight, no stranger to short quotes of his um, being played. But like this is a documentary event of the year for sure. Like one of the one of the probably media events of the year. Mm-hmm. And this is like tens of millions of people are watching this thing. And so what happens if just like one little scene just that wasn't right or whatever. Like you could see how overwhelming that would be to watch this given the context and knowing what's happening right now. And um, I think he was also very careful not to really, like I don't, he didn't really talk, he didn't really slander anybody else either. No. So maybe he, maybe he was conscious of that. Just and Jerry felt some of them. Just yeah, Jerry, yeah. Just, 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 just Jerry Krause. Yeah, just Jerry <laughs> but it sounds like that was kind of. And Isaiah Thomas. I think he took shots at Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. Because they were like, both like, like, fuck him. Like, it would seem to me like some of the things that he may not have liked when they were talking about how he would throw, you know, insults at Jerry Krause on the bus and, and shit like that. Like, I don't know, maybe some of that was exaggerated. Maybe it wasn't. But the one thing I will say about Scottie Pippen in this is that I definitely sympathize with him more now having seen that. Yeah. Like, especially yeah. in regards to his contract and, 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 and in regards to how important he actually was to that team. Like, that's Scottie Pippen, you're not fucking winning. No, you're not. Like no. you're not. You're not, gonna, you're not no. winning without probably the best perimeter, one of the, at least one no. of the best perimeter defenders of all time. No, like Jordan or not, you're, you're yeah. not winning without Scottie Pippen. Well, it's because they didn't. Yeah, that was the thing that I, I did. Like just a little sidebar that leads to that point is that they didn't. They accepted that Jordan wasn't the only thing because when they lost to the Magic, like they didn't have Rodman and they didn't have Horace Grant, so they were yeah. getting killed on the fucking on the mm-hmm. backboard so it shows that you need somebody and then without scotty pippen you have no secondary scoring you have a complete isolation of jordan essentially um which was happening when he was you know when there was the contract dispute and uh, that's one thing i think it would did really well in making him you know very clearly more important but then kind of when he had the opportunity to be a leader and all this kind of stuff left the floor right yeah th- th- that's that's kind of a that's kind of a yeah. big thing, but I, I think that he was. I mean, he was kind of taking advantage of it in his contract because you know they made him sign for a long term contract. You know, his family's poor, and he needs to make sure. And he was very, very paranoid. They talk about the Jordan rules a lot. He was super paranoid to be, you know, in poverty again. He right. didn't want his family to be in poverty. So a lot of why he took the money and took everything as quickly as he did is because he didn't want to have to worry. And I guess he didn't see that obviously this whole thing was going to go into the stratos- yeah, stratosphere at some point. My, my opinion of him only, only has improved I since will, seeing the documentary. I will say this about Scottie Pippen. Uh, he has, his voice sounds like the guy who plays Jaws, but smoother. <laughs> this is like that's what i meant by old grandpa scotty pivot he's just got this i just love how he talks if he talked for more than 10 minutes about a story i maybe wasn't interested in i'd fall asleep <laughs> yeah, but, you'd me, the, uh, but you'd have the best sleep yeah it's so of the, uh, smooth it's like velvet. the guy it reminds me of that one guy from the movie airheads when he's just like milo milo milo, milo. <laughs> yo i forgot <laughs> Airheads. If you haven't seen the motion picture Airheads, please do. It's a certified classic. Is the Criterion out for you? Um, okay, guys. Um, quick more on. thing about Scottie Pippen. Just, I hope that people reached out to him afterwards because, as a viewer, as 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 somebody who's 
wasn't there and was whatever just watching this fresh not knowing too much about scotty uh and his role off the court there he was portrayed excellently he came off looking amazing so you know what i mean if if he saw something if or he didn't like something jordan said or whatever happened in general i wish i hope that people reached out to him and was just like no man like yeah. it was all love what what was the thing that jordan actually said about him there's that one part where he just says scotty pippen is hands down the best um, I can't remember exactly what he was talking about. Yeah, the specific well, aspect of his game was just like, and, he, and isn't there also a line like, without Scotty, there's no Jordan? He says that himself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's the highest praise you can get in the game of basketball. From, uh, yeah, the 100%. Anyways, guys, we got to move on. Uh oh. Dennis Rodman, the worm. Bum, bum, bum. The worm. One of the, great, the greatest defensive rebounder of all time. Yeah. Uh, how much of this did we know going into it in terms of us? I feel like a lot, obviously this whole thing played out in the late nineties. Yeah, obviously more because he was so, he, he uh, was in the media for, for the shock, you know, for the shock rock thing. And in all the tabloids and of course, Carmen Electra. Transcended, you know, it transcended basketball. Yeah. It, it, to the point that it was like more, his, his presence in the media was more about the other stuff than, than his presence in basketball to the point that it, people didn't actually realize how amazing non-basketball fans didn't actually realize that he was the real deal. Yeah. Um, um, he's my favorite character in the documentary outside of Phil Jackson, I think. Um, and I guess that's kind of fitting since they both had a really good relationship. But like, for me at least, I, I, I knew only what really the media portrayed about Dennis Rodman, at least until like maybe the last couple years and stuff like that when he started going to North Korea and and all that stuff, but I just the most misunderstood athlete maybe of all time, just from a personality perspective, is Dennis Rodman. I feel like you know, and it's just hilarious that the only one that seemed to have really figured him out was the head coach. <laughs> That's another testament to Phil Jackson's genius. I, I yeah, think. absolutely. I, I think with Dennis Rodman, this guy wanted to play basketball, didn't was not a part of the culture around it. Like he right. wanted the game, yeah. but not the culture and the level of discipline that was in order to play it. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really, I mean, the whole idea of him having to go on a bender because he <laughs> had to be like good for 10 games while yeah. Scottie Pippen yeah. was dealing with the whole situation, you know, with his whole contract situation. It's pretty hilarious, you know, and then Jordan talks about how, you know, Robin's falling apart and he's getting all, he's getting <laughs> sketchy, you know, he's getting itchy. He wants to go out and then like just has to leave the team. Yeah. And like, yeah. I don't know, do piles of cocaine. <laughs> I have no idea. Hey, everybody has their own way of unwinding, you know. I, mean, I, I, I did yeah, love cocaine that. always makes me unwound. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a cool, relaxing yeah, yeah. cocaine. Yeah. In the evening. It's like, man, I have <laughs> man, I'm super anxious right now. Wanna do a bump? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, everybody's different. I'm having a panic attack about all this media, man. The pressure, I can't handle it. Let's. Yeah. Do it. I'm oh, getting paranoid. Dude. Let's do a line. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I think. I think. Uh, I really loved. It was such a testament to Rodman as a player. The way that Jordan even accepted this part about him, and obviously it frustrated him at times. But it was a really good for me. Just an example uh, honestly for anybody all of us that are doing anything is like he had his personality and his own hang-ups and stuff but when it came to his mission he just showed up yeah. Dennis Rodman is the example of showing up he does these things we talk about it's crazy for him to take that hiatus or to party or whatever and then 
he shows up to the point that somebody who didn't even partake in any of those things for, I think, like most of his career uh, in Jordan, respected him as a man because he just realized, okay, this guy, when I have him, he's his own man. But when I have him, he is 100% here and 100% dedicated to what we're trying to do. And that whole Jordan being, when Jordan's like, it's just you and me, Dennis. You're the only one I can rely on. (laughs) It's like, he, he takes that to heart. He's like a kid. When the teacher's like, okay, you can be my special helper. And he's like, oh, sweet. And then he just didn't do cocaine for a bit. And then, <laughs> and I apologize if Dennis Rodman has not done cocaine, but I can only assume yeah, if you need, I'm assuming that if you have to go have a bender in Vegas for like three days, because you were just doing like, I don't know. Maybe you, might have, like, imagine it was, you it was might have done a line. You may have done yeah. a line. The only vendor in Vegas that didn't include cocaine of all time. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you would really just, uh, yeah, I just look up to him for that, that example of we can all be that. We might, none of us might be perfect at what we do or what we're striving for as a parent, as a, as a whatever, but you could, yeah, parent, that's a perfect example. You could be the dad that might stay up and have a Dennis Rodman style night. Are you there 7 a.m. anyway to pick, take your kid to, to practice? That's the kind of, that's what Rodman gave from that. And especially because he's had I would say, lot- hold, I would say don't get too crazy with that because there was, they talked about him not, him not showing up to practice. Him specifically. No, I'm going to yeah. say, I'm going to say he played, he played well. He played there. Yeah. He played, he like, he got, I mean, other than in the line, in the, you know, some games in the final year, you know, stretches of games in the final year where he was just a kind of a mess. Uh, his entire career, those first two years with the Bulls, the guy is like, he's on it. He's he's on it. He's a vicious defender. He is a voracious rebounder. He's not even that. T- I mean, he's six eight. That's not big for under the bucket. But yeah. he did it through positioning and power. And like when they go through him talking about how to do a rebound. Oh yeah, I love that part. They, like, he. He like would really just practice it. and just watch where the ball went and, and just figure it out and could read it like and nobody And study else. shooters to yeah. see, like, on TV to see how they're, how they were doing it. And and I, I do think, John, that this idea of him being misunderstood is completely correct because, again, sports has an orthodoxy. And if people, like, go out of it, it's – especially then in basketball. Like, yeah. right now you get a little bit more individual – there's more individual expression. I think yeah. Allen Iverson was someone who really helped usher that yep. in in terms mm-hmm. of making his, you know, like pushing the envelope and making it acceptable and, you know, bringing a different a different cultural impetus to it. But like, yeah. he's, yeah, I, I really think that, I mean, in his book, he talks a lot about loving basketball. It's just he can't, he can't live like these other people live. Uh, like, I mean, think about if social media was around in those days with, with, with uh, Rodman, like how much crazier it might it like might have been because you oh, know man. you weren't getting access to everybody 24 7 back then and he was still uh seemed crazy to most people anyway even without that but uh yeah like i mean i just and also by the way you can't you you wouldn't be able to get away with half of the things you got away with if you weren't as good as he was <laughs> like yeah. you can go on a bender as long as you fucking, you as long know, you're bringing down twenty boards in a playoff. Yeah, game. as long as you come in next game and kill everybody, then we're good. <laughs> I think Rodman also like the NBA has really been a pioneer in um, personal expression and not suppressing that and not having this military style thing we see, uh, yeah. especially in sports like hockey. Mm-hmm. And I think he would be one of the people that you know the first ones that really really pushed that envelope, but then also made a lot of space. Uh, for a lot of other athletes to just be themselves we're not yeah 
Well, we'll think about how many athletes in, in basketball specifically who are just themselves. You know, he set the bar pretty high for being out there, right? Yeah. So everyone that's sort of been out there since is not quite really hit that <laughs> exactly mark of being out there because of just how you know out there he was. Not that that's a bad thing. He was just out there. Yeah, and even to the detriment of the league sometimes too, because he's like, because yeah. people will be, it'll be like, oh, this person just got charged up on domestic abuse, but then it will never be as big a deal as when fucking Rodman colored his hair. Yeah, well, yeah. he's got a right. he's got weird hair. Yeah, he's oh, got weird that, hair. That was, but think about that. That was weird. That he was he looked shocking at the time. Like you didn't you didn't know anybody. Yet. There was no other athlete that was looking like that. Not that I can think of. He was very. Uh, had the Manson effect. Yeah, the closest I was about to say the closest thing that looks to an athlete looks like an athlete to do that is Marilyn Manson. Yeah. The least athletic looking person humanly fucking possible. <laughs> he doesn't even have skin pigments. Hey man. <laughs> I challenge Marilyn Manson to a game of basketball. I dare you. I dare you. He's like <laughs> you might he's, get embarrassed. He's like Prince. <laughs> All right guys, I want to move on uh to the final uh the final person we have here uh who I think just in general, for like a period of four years of his life, got a raw deal. Uh, Tony Kukoc. He was on my list. He was on my list too. Vinny, uh, I don't know. Vinny didn't. Why? Let's talk about why we put him <laughs> on the list before we admonish Vinny for not putting him on the list. Honest, um, well, like, why did I put him on the list? Why did you put him on the list? Yeah. Uh, just because I, I, I had seen the Dream Team documentary before I had seen this series, obviously. So I, the only thing i really knew about tony kukoc was in regards to the dream team about how him about how jordan and pippen were just all over his ass because jerry kraus was was courting him for the goal and i just love how now with this documentary how you know not only were did he gain their respect he joined their fucking team and won all these championships with them it was just something about that i thought was kind of cool he went from being like the mortal enemy just standing shoulder to shoulder with 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 Jordan and Pip and winning winning uh, championships. Uh, just that, just that alone to me was kind of cool. And to be able to kind of see all those great highlights and see all the, the the interviews and just see all of that that footage that they were able to get. I don't know. There was just something redeeming and and just really. You you know what it was like. I think maybe it would like hit home a little bit too. You know you know one of those situations where. It's it's like, you know, your ex's new boyfriend or something and you have every reason to hate this person or it's like a new person in the crew that might like, you know, whatever threaten your position. And like they, they had like all this reason to bully him and hate him. And then he just obviously kind of won everybody over and was like a loved yeah. part of the team. For sure. And, and, and I think that that's a pretty player. relatable little little story. And especially when they talk about the part, he's like, I didn't know. Like he was just like. Yeah. He was yeah. like kind of unaware that the, he was like the focus of like this entire ire and this like crazy backstory. Because all this shit, and I don't think they talked about it and enough in terms of putting it into context. How long this idea of Tony Kukoc is coming to the is coming to the league? He's coming to the team. He's going to be the future of the team and all this kind of stuff in uh, the Jordan Rules, the book, and that's about the ninety like the first championship ninety one. Mm-hmm. They're talking about it the whole year. Yeah. They're talking about at least the, sorry, the second half of the year. They're like, Jerry Krause is openly talking about this guy, Tony Kukoc, talking about how much they w- they want to get him and all this stuff. And Scotty Pippen's like, man, I'm still making this much. I'm making like nothing. And then when yeah. he got his contract and everyone knew what it was, it's, it's like, 
what if you're Scotty Pippen, like, what are you going to think about that, right? So, because yeah. it raises your animosity towards Tony Kukoc, who at this point is coming from a war-torn country, who so I'm sure needs more conflict. Uh, and then, <laughs> you know, and then, and then Jerry Krause, because, you know, he didn't, he was willing to not take care of one of his own before he was willing to take care of one of his own. And I think that's a tough situation to walk into if you're Tony Kukoc. Again, highlighted in his interview where he didn't really seem to know what was happening. Yeah, he's right? like, I do not know what is happening. And yeah. I'm like, of course he doesn't know what's happening. These guys are like, we're going to kill this motherfucker. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, right? And if I was them, I'd be like thinking that. I've, I've said that today about people who have done way less than what was happening, yeah. than what happened yeah. there. I'm like, the guy didn't put the right beans on my burrito. I'm like, those are black yeah. beans. I hate you. Yeah, I want those, that, that kind of shows their their and and I I love okay the, again I'm gonna keep going back to the access. There's so many interviews from all of the ages of especially Scotty and Mike that you saw them grow. They were emotionally unable to handle that situation. I think that's part of why they ended up liking him because they saw that he was good and they loved his like gutty performance in in that Olympics. But yeah. then um, but then. They also probably like pulled their head out of there as they realized that their hate was was for uh Kraus. For Kraus and not and not for him at all. Like it was just no. like they were trying to hurt Kraus through proxy. Kid. Yeah. yeah, that's literally what they were trying to do. That's literally yeah. what they were trying to do. At yeah. the expense of some kid that was just like again, the the sickest basketball player from from a war-torn country like uh, that 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 and he stayed this was the big thing too because they signed him but he was like i can't come right away because he didn't want to be and this i respect a lot he didn't want to be seen as a guy who when the civil war was starting just bailed yeah wow Wow. and when you know when he says that i'm like i don't even know what that's like i'm like i need to get out of here right now like i'm leaving my family i hope they're okay but i'm leaving (laughs) because it's going to be there's going to be a war um where where does uh where does Kukoc uh, fall in line of like the the big Eastern European players? Was he one of the first kind of superstar from um, there, or is there a bunch? Arvidas Sabonis, I would think, is definitely. Uh, you got guys like Arvidas Sabonis, uh, Vladi Divac. Um, right. You know, these are the guys. You know, these are kind of the you know George Mirasan, uh, who is taller than any human I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I saw George Mears on PS play in in person, and it's like a fucking something from another time period just walked into the door, like in there. It's like, oh sweet, some Lord of the Rings shit just happened, <laughs> and fucking. So I guess my overall answer to that is not one of the pioneers. I don't think he was in, you know, the top ten of those guys, especially you know the top ten Euros, especially when we're looking back now and we've had like. Like oh page, yeah, from page, now's perspective, that's kind of like, was what like over. like from uh like from Paja Stoyakovic, one of my favorites. Fucking growing up, obviously Dirk Nowitzki, you know, mm. um, Dirk. Luka Doncic, Doncic obviously is ridiculous already. Uh, Even Giannis, but, right? Giannis. Oh my, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Nikola Jokic, like these guys are Giannis Antetokounmpo, you know, grabbing him from Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, it was tough for Euros coming in because I think, you know, as I said, there was the stereotype that they're soft and that kind of dripped into all sports. Although I haven't seen many former Yugoslavians who are soft. Yeah. Like, I've never been yeah. like, yo, that Serbian guy is soft. It's like, no, nah, <laughs> man. It's like we in the West are soft. Yeah. 
right? Because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, the my country's being torn apart, and we're like, there isn't enough peanut sauce on this peanut butter parfait, <laughs> right? Like these are like there's a massive difference in in problems, and I thought the fact that he was able to come in and get his ass kicked and treated poorly and you know they're, they're talking like shit you know talking to him like shit and then all of a sudden he comes back does better even in a losing effort in the gold medal game and then is a very important part of the team yeah. and they i mean they were trying to go to play the final shot through him and i think that was kind of like the you know in the against the magic and that, that was the culmination of this whole thing you know wanting to do that play through him and not scotty pip yeah right. i just like how he had history with them before he joined the Bulls, and it was, I, yeah, it was, I, I didn't know about that part. Yeah, that, that I just think knowing that gives it so much more depth, just as far as you know his importance to the to that team at that time, and and the, that history just makes it a bit richer. But uh, yeah, I, I like I just thought his uh, his appearance in it was great. Well, gentlemen, on that note, we have uh, compiled our list mm-hmm. to run it down again. Phil Jackson, Reggie Miller. Scotty Pippen, the worm, Dennis Rodman. By the way, if you haven't seen his Hall of Fame induction speech, oh, I would watch crazy. It. it. Right, I would definitely watch it. And number five, Tony Kukoc. Gentlemen, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, I really appreciate it. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Talk soon. Thanks. Peace. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Just a reminder, if you like this podcast and want to keep hearing it, subscribe and give us a five-star review. And if you're not already subscribing to our YouTube channel or following us on social media, get on it. You will not regret it.